Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. And I am your co-host, Uncle Fonky Larry Jones. And let me say happy Memorial Day to everyone. Happy Memorial Day, Unc. And sir, you looking fine? Doing well? Yeah, we're doing well. I, I got to be honest. I'm uh, Everybody that I've talked about these last few weeks on their anxiousness to get back to work and all of that, like it's starting to come down on me, but I'm still restraining myself. Uh, of course, I'm not doing any large crowds, but I'm beginning to feel uh, the itch that everyone else is having just to get back to work, get back to normal, even though there is no more normal past mid-June. What we, I mean, past mid-March, what yeah. we were doing, you know, before a, mid-March is really no longer. I don't remember it. I know I'm just trying to take it one day at a time, my friend, and make the adjustments as we go. But I am I am happy to see you, and you look great. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to see you, too. And thank I'm really sir. glad for everybody that is on the front lines mm-hmm. uh, during this whole ordeal. Amen. Especially the doctors and the nurses and the nerd practitioners uh, and all of that, because they are the ones who are risking their lives, sacrificing everything uh, to keep everybody else safe. It reminds me of what I, I ask a, a former Houston police officer. I don't understand how you do it, how you get up every day and put yourself in harm's way for us. Mm-hmm. And he said, Larry, it's just a calling. He said, it's just what I've wanted to do and becoming a police officer. And now the doctors and nurses and practitioners and, and everyone we need is that superhero to me. I just... Mm-hmm. I love the mindset. I love the gift to give. I love that 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 unique thing that they have. So yeah, man, it's 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 a different. It's a, for me, yeah. it's a different. It's, it's different different mindset. And you know, Batman really wasn't Batman when he didn't have all of his you know gadgets <laughs> well and things said, that's on said. his belt and all of that. And the same can be said for our nurses and nurse practitioners because they are still lacking some of the major equipment like PPE and all of that. And uh, on the phone line, uh, we have the president of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, uh, Miss Sophia Thomas, is on the Public Affairs Podcast. And Nurses Week uh, begins, and so this is a perfect time. So uh, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, Sophia. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, indeed. Um, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. COVID-19 has um, really changed the way we do things. And um, uh, as you know, as you just said, it's it's a calling for us to be out here providing care for patients and, you know, doing what we what we love. But it is a lot more stressful than things used to be. And I, I fear that this is our new normal. As you said earlier, we're not going to go back to the way things were before March. And so, you know, but we're all in this together. And that's the most important thing. Yes, indeed. Um Nurses Week. What are the, the? Is it this week or is it next week? When is Nurses Week? Uh, Nurses Week started on May sixth, actually, um, oh. and uh, lasted for a week. That's right. So on May, now I May remember. 6th. Now yeah. I remember everything. As People far as I'm concerned, KG. Every day, every week is Nurses Week. I mean, really, bro. It's just fascinating to me. And Sophia, this is this is this is Brother Larry. And I, I like to always ask our guests. Uh, some origins, some beginning questions. What 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 lean you into the profession? Where did you go to school? And when did you actually know that this is exactly what you wanted to do? Uh, you know, that's a great question. 
when I was 13, I got appendicitis, and this this was back in 1980, early 1980s. And I was in the hospital, and, the, and during that time, parents couldn't be in the hospital with the children. So you went in the hospital, and you were there kind of by yourself, and parents came for visiting hours. And the nurses were the ones that were there taking care of me, um, you know, really just taking care of every need. I was a young, scared teenager. I was in the hospital for a week. And I left there just knowing I wanted to go into nursing. And then after I became a registered nurse, um, I decided I wanted to continue on with my education and do more to be able to help more people and improve access to health care for so many people that need it. So I, I went to school and became a nurse practitioner, um, graduated with my master's from LSU, uh, Health Sciences Center in New Orleans, and then got my doctorate degree at Loyola University of New Orleans. And I've but throughout most of my career, I've spent my time caring for patients who um, are underprivileged. I practice in a community health center and care for the medically underserved. And it's such a rewarding profession because I get to make a difference in the lives of so many patients. Wow. I, you, I get chills listening to this because uh, LSU, well-known university, Baton Rouge, wonderful city, Louisiana, the state of my wife, and has high one of the highest rates of COVID nineteen mm-hmm. in America. That must tug at your heart, Sophia. You know it does, and it was a struggle in uh, Louisiana very early. We had one point four million people coming to to Mardi Gras, and uh, shortly thereafter, COVID hit us, uh, or we were aware of COVID. And uh, I have to applaud our governor and um, really all the healthcare staff in the state for pulling together. Um, uh, people answered the call and we really have gotten a hold of the numbers and our numbers have really leveled out. You know, we were on track to be um, up there with Northern Italy when things uh, first started and it was a scary thing. Now I'm still seeing several patients that have COVID just this week. I've, I had entire families that were coming in to be tested. Uh, so it, it's definitely out there, but we're having fewer hospitalizations and fewer deaths, and that's that's what's so important. Indeed, KG and I are very social gentlemen. We were out and about. Part of our job that's it's called for being in the public or with the public. And since this break of COVID nineteen, we've been on air, online, everywhere, pounding the the, the, the information that this. This germ is real. This virus is real. It kills. But yet you see so many of our fellow Americans ignoring this or blowing it off and thinking that someone's trying to take something away from them. And you as a healthcare provider, this is your this is your call, your job to enlighten these people. How do you how do you get that message through to those who just don't believe? You know, it's it's a difficult thing to see going out. Um, I don't go out in public that much. I, I'll go to my office and, and come home and take my clothes off by the door. I'll go to the grocery store once a week. Um, you know, when I, when I have to go run other errands and I see people that aren't masking or I hear about these groups of people that are together, it's just scary because they don't realize that they may be young and healthy and they can handle this virus, but they might bring it home to their grandmother or uh, to a neighbor who might not fare so well. And so it's very, very difficult. It's an unseen um, unseen threat that people just don't grasp. Um, certainly this is American. People have the freedom to make a choice of whether or not to go outside and leave their home. But 
I think they just need to be good neighbors and just practice uh, being a good human and, and mask up to prevent the spread of the infection to other people. And and we want to do that. We, we started doing the social distancing and the lockdowns to really prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed. And you know what? It was very successful. And I think a lot of areas in this country didn't see the numbers of COVID that we initially thought we were going to see because nationwide, a lot of people were being good neighbors. And so that's, that's a real testament to what people are doing. But look, I understand wanting to get outside of your house and it's beautiful weather throughout most of the country and, and you want to go out to parks and things like that. But people just have to be, um, have to be wise and uh, wash their hands frequently and, and mask up just to protect, protect their neighbor. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the needs of you all, the entire medical community, doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners alike, um, in the beginning, there were uh, reports of the lack of PPE. And now, you know, uh, the government, both federal, state and local, have been scrambling to um, find more personal protective equipment for you all. How is that going? Are you seeing uh, a surge in more supplies for you all to be able to continue to treat uh, COVID patients? Well, I think, first of all, the um, supply is much better than it was. But but primarily, we've had to change the way we do things. So this, mm. we continue to follow the CDC guidance on the recommended use of personal protective equipment. Um, we have to proactively conserve our supplies to ensure we're prepared for any increase in patients, um, you know, patient visits. The way we normally provide infection control measures, and in other words, uh, one disposable mask, one disposable gown um, per patient, um, and you throw it away afterwards, that's not the way most of the country is doing things now. We are having to reuse um, and conserve our PPE because we don't know when we're going to run out. The regular supply chains are just not there. And that coupled with the American public is now looking for PPE. Businesses are looking for PPE. My own husband's business was looking for personal protective equipment, masks, gowns, Clorox wipes. And that's the same thing that healthcare providers need. So um, the government, I think, is doing the best they can at working on the supply chain. But there are still some areas of the country who um, have inadequate PPE um, and, you know, as well as testing supplies and, um, clinics, outpatient clinics need to be prepared as well. So hospitals need PPE, but the other thing is we need to, um, really look at these community health centers and community clinics, private offices that might not have access to the, the large mass purchasing power that hospitals do, and they might not be able to get the PPE that they need. Okay. Uh, you're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We have Sophia Thomas, the president of AANP. Um, there's been a lot of debate on the masks in terms of how long one should keep their mask. I've heard, you know, people say, oh, after 48 hours, two days, you know, throw it away and get another one. Somebody was like, oh, well, mine is good up to a week. I heard that it was a week. And then somebody else said, well, I heard it was just 24 hours. You as a professional, um, what are the specific guidelines for the surgical masks that people are wearing? How long should they wear those? 
Um, before COVID, you wear it one time and you throw it away. Now, the, the new CDC guidance have changed, and you can wear them until they're soiled or dirty. And, mm. and really, it depends facility by facility. Um, some hospitals and clinics are giving out one mask a day. Uh, per, per healthcare provider. Others are wearing them for several days and throwing them away. And, and it all depends on the supply. So for an individual out in the community that has a mask, um, you know, if it's possible to, to wash the mask, if you're wearing a cloth mask, that should be washed every day. Um, if they have disposable masks and they don't have access to any other, then that would be somebody that would probably end up having to rewear their mask um, more often. The most important thing is, though, to wear the mask to prevent the spread of any infection um, to other people. We know that 25% of people with COVID-19 are asymptomatic carriers, mm -hmm. and those are the people that can transmit the infection to other people. Yeah. I gave Anka an analogy yesterday that I had saw. I mean, it may, it may be a, a a little gross, but it made all the sense in the world. Uh, Mrs. Thomas, I don't know if you have seen this. Um, the person said, in terms of the mask, if everyone is naked and someone, you know, pees on you and you're naked, all of their urine is going to get on you. Now, if you had on pants, their urine wouldn't get on your skin as much. If they had on pants, their urine would stay in their pants and not get on you. So in terms, wear the mask. Exactly. And you know what? I've seen that analogy, but it, it, it makes sense. And I think most people understand it when you put it that way. Yeah. So, but you know, as we can see, continue to see patients in, in need of primary and specialty care, having enough PPE was, is going to remain an essential pillar of both our ongoing COVID response, as well as providing primary care. Some areas have what they need and others are still struggling. Um, we'll just need to account for those needs and also consider how we can increase access to PPE as we work to increase access to primary and specialty health care for patients. So, Sophia, what I hear is that we're going to need this like you guys need thermometers. It's just going to be a way of life until we get a cure for COVID-19. Am I close? I think. I think until we get a vaccine, um, we're going to be living like this for a while. The other thing is that we, once we get a vaccine, people actually have to take the vaccine. Right. And we do have a, a problem with, uh, let's use, for example, flu vaccines. A lot of people don't uh, take flu vaccines when they should. So I hope this uh, pandemic brings an awareness to the importance of vaccinations and how they prevent disease, because this is what life looks like when you don't have a vaccine to prevent a disease. And I don't think any of us wants to have to go through this again. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia, our audience uh, on this particular podcast are uh, some very compassionate people. And we all know that your God-given gifts and talents have gotten you to where you are. And your compassion is leading you to take care of our brothers and sisters. But we all know you and I and all of us need some income. And this flip side has affected all of us with furloughs and layoffs and and not being able to receive ample pay. Where is your organization dealing with that? Well, we see, we're getting a lot of reports of primary and specialty health care providers being laid off, getting pay cuts, um, or being notified by their employer that they're planning furloughs. Um, 
amid the reopening of economies and some of these practices, it's, it's just important that governments help provide some assistance to these healthcare providers who are really putting their life, health, and safety online, caring for patients. Um, we've seen reports of nurse practitioners in rural and underserved areas who are actually dipping into their pockets to pay employees and keep up with their payroll. Um, so this, this just brings us to the need for desperate uh, economic relief. Um, as I said, when many NPs are forced to use their own financial resources to keep their practices afloat, um, just quickly becomes an unsustainable situation for everyone involved. So as leaders consider additional rounds of economic relief, we at AAMP will work to ensure that critical resources are made more widely available to healthcare providers. Certainly, as I said, healthcare providers are putting their, their lives um, at risk every day. COVID-19 patients are not only in the hospital, they're coming to the community health centers and the community clinics. And so all healthcare providers um, uh, need to be prepared. They need to have adequate PPE, but they also need the economic relief. Um, it's important that we protect the primary and specialty healthcare supply chain. So we have to remember that patients with chronic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, asthma, and other needs um, have these needs for ongoing care. And they've largely largely put their care on hold for now because of COVID-19. People are afraid to leave their home or they've been on um, uh, social distancing rules. Clinics have had to uh, shut down or slow down. And so people's ongoing health care needs haven't been met, and we've got to get the economy and these clinics back open so people can get the care they so desperately need because there's a lot more to healthcare right now um, than just COVID-19, and I don't think we need to forget that. Sophia, we've got about uh, less than a minute on the broadcast, and this worldwide broadcast that we do originating out of Houston, I would like for you to speak to the world and give us some encouragement before we sign off today. You know, I think this is this is COVID-19 has become our new normal. And I think it's given everyone a chance to reflect on life and the way we do things. It's given people opportunities to spend time with family uh, as parents are working at home. Um, we're having different relationships with our children and, and families because of the time we're spending together behind closed doors. And I don't want us to forget that. As things start opening up and we get back to our, our busy lives away from home, I'd like us all to remember the time that we did spend together um, and appreciate that time. And, and hopefully those Friday nights playing board games, hopefully that'll continue because I think those are good, solid values that, that we need to be able to put those devices down and really bring family back into the mix. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Sophia Thomas, president of mm -hmm. the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Thank you for your service, the work that you're doing, you sacrificing yourself uh, in helping make sure that all of us are safe and are following these guidelines like you all are really appreciated. And, and, and I hope that this really, it has exposed just how important you all are. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, we uh, in the healthcare community truly do appreciate 
the the public support of our professions as we work hard to combat COVID-19. Thank you, Sophia. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up this portion of the Public Affairs uh, Podcast. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. And Uncle Funky Larry Jones. Once again, happy Memorial Day to all of our families who've uh, had family that have sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice for our country as we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend. And boy... I need a laugh. Don't we all? We have been pretty heavy with everything COVID. And uh, let's just switch it up this segment, man. Let's do it. I'm ready. I mean, he he's a market icon. Yes, sir. Uh, here in Houston. One of the, the leaders of Houston comedy. You've seen him on uh, Comic View. You've seen him on uh, Comedy Central with his uh, specials. Um, he cooks on ig live he (laughs) is incredibly intelligent and funny and that is why we have him on uh today to talk about some current events and and get his take on it my friends would you please welcome ali sadiq ali Ali how are you sir happy malcolm x birthday (laughs) right on (laughs) right on brother people ain't said nothing about malcolm Every every year, Martin Luther King get all the shine for his birthday, and Malcolm don't get nothing. Ain't nobody said nothing about Malcolm. Well, consider it done, my friend. Thank you for keeping us current <laughs> as you always do. So, so have you watched Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix? Man, I knew who killed Malcolm. I ain't have to watch it. <laughs> I knew who killed Malcolm. <laughs> I knew everything about it. And said, I love Malcolm. I'm going to get a Malcolm X tattoo on my face. Oh. What? <laughs> so listen, I've been That's catching I- you on these IG Lives. I love them, by the way. I especially love when you bring in uh, people and y'all talk about uh, what's going on. And then, you know, you're cooking, too, uh, up on there. Um, how has quarantine life, or what have you learned during quarantine life? I haven't learned anything during quarantine life outside the fact that my wife opened stuff from the side. I never even knew that was even possible that you see a whole bag of chips, a box of cookies, and you won't tear you won't open it from the top. You just want to tear it from the side. This serial killer. <laughs> this very serial killer. I just don't even understand. Killer. And then um my son has tried to bamboozle me and then it's like he's taking a bath. Man, I am one of the best of bamboozlers. You can't bamboozle me. Now we got, we both start off with a bar of soap, and my soap is getting smaller by Thursday. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why his soap, his soap still got the name on it. I've been <laughs> bathed the name off my soap. <laughs> Ali Sadiq, funny man inside the podcast. Um, you've come up with some very creative ways to stay busy. Maybe make a little money on your in the pocket, but but mainly, man, you've you've taken this IG experience to another level. With uh, is it Corona Club? Or, uh, it's the Corona. It's the Corona Comedy Club. There you go. Where we feature where we feature three amazing comedians each and every Wednesday and Friday on my page. Uh, we have a we have a great time, and uh, we just want to give the people some laughs. So it's a, a whole hour. It's a whole hour of um 
straight stand-up comedy. We have a D we have a DJ, which is yours truly, GT Main. You know him from 9790 Box Magic 102. Um, so, you know, and then I, I bring nationally named comedians. We have Keenan, we had Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. We had wow. Roy Wood Jr. Mm -hmm. from um The Daily Show. We also we also had the legend George Wallace. We had the legend Michael Collier. Uh, I am a legend, so I'm hosting it. And we had Marcus Wiley. You know, we we we've had a lot of people, man. We've had a lot of people. Well, it, it, it's necessary. But what what KG and I want to do, put another feather in your cap, man, is is just the fact that when you call cats on that level, when you call, let's say, the nephew Tommies of the world or the the George Wallace, you 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 get headliners on your show and a lot of us man couldn't get out to a comedy club before because of whatever the responsibility is so when COVID shut us down and i'm looking through my phone he's like oh, join me now i'm like what and we are in tears all night so kudos to you man i so appreciate you brother you know um somebody got to give me some lilacs to smell while i'm living um so this, this is the thing that i've i've I feel like I'm busier. No, nah, let me not say that because, man, Funky, let me tell you something. I don't even real. I didn't even realize how many dates I had. You know, um, it was this tour was forty dates already. Mm -hmm. When you haven't left your house since March the tenth, going nowhere to make nobody's money, I I just thought I had to stop calculating what I was missing. Cause see, I would have been in a deep depression then. Y'all have been like, yo, uh, we found Ali on top of a billboard uh, with no shoes on with a tuxedo jacket screaming. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Viva Las Vegas. I would have been saying, Viva Las Vegas. You know and um, man, I don't, I can't wait to get back out. I just can't wait, man. It's because it's, people realize comedy is therapy for me. This is how I release anything that's going on with me. So, I um I was fine before this. Now I think I need some medication or something. Now I'm just gardening right now, trying to keep my mind together. I'm just gardening. And and I didn't been through a lot in my life, but I'm talking about penitentiary, shootouts, all type of wild stuff. But man, the I'm in the fight of my life with some cutworms and some snails and the Japanese beetle. They just trying to eat my whole garden up. <laughs> Man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, seven powdered, I didn't BC powdered, I didn't baking sodas, I didn't done everything. I every it's everything in my garden. One dude told me to put down salt for the snail. I said, you sound retarded. It was saying salt on the ground. They just man, I said, you know something. Now I got Epsom salt out there. Just hope that do something. <laughs> what? What kind of vegetation are you growing, sir, that are attracting these bugs to your plants? Man, I got tomatoes, I got okra, zucchini, um, squash, cotaloo, um, and they like it all. I got watermelon, I got mint. Ain't nobody supposed to eat mint. It ain't a bug around here supposed to eat mint. <laughs> I'm talking about it's some caterpillars with the freshest of breath around here. Because they, <laughs> they show a hey, my mint down to and, and they disrespectful, Funk. They eat a leaf down to the skeleton. Don't eat the stem or nothing. Right. They just ignorant. They just ignorant, Funk. Man, my, my grandmother grew mint as well, and I used to take it right off and just 
put it in my mouth. That's funny. Hey, I want to get your take on some of the craziness that has been going on lately. Like, for you example. About that bleach you talking about that bleach cocktail? When your yeah. president told you, you got the, <laughs> right. your pres your, your president told you he got the cure for the corona. What I need y'all to do is um get a cup, a, 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 a slash of fabuloso, two caps of bleach, some pine salt, shake that up with my cube and get you and get you a disinfectant rim, pour that in a martini glass and drink that down and put some put some hydrocortisone on top of that. Put some hydrocortisone on top of that. No, but what about the hydrochloroquine that he that he claimed that he's taking? Hey man, never in all of my days, never in all of my days have I ever seen a president admit that he was a junkie. On TV. <laughs> hey, man, I'm talking about as soon as as soon as I heard it, the song, the classic song came to my, my head. I'm a dope and I need drugs. I got it from Chico. Who is that? The neighborhood thug. <laughs> like, I'm like, so I'm like so. did this man. No, go ahead. And said this in front of other lawmakers. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Ain't nothing I'm wrong with it. I'm taking it. As soon as he said that, Ali, I was like, he lying. And then he said, they said, how long you been taking it? Two weeks now. About a week and a half. About a week and a half. <laughs> So listen, so you know the new thing now, uh, he is ending a 40-year tradition at the White House. Ever since 1978 when Jimmy Carter uh, did a portrait unveiling of his predecessor, Gerald Ford, you know, they've continued that whole entire tradition where the president unveils their predecessor's portrait. Trump has decided that he is not doing the presidential portrait unveiling of Barack Obama. Because he's petty. He's petty. He can, he's a small man. I don't even know why people surprised. Man, that man, first of all, if you try to... Let, let, me, let, me, let me break this down for you. Break it down. If you get rid of a person's whole... First of all, you just threw away the cheat sheet. That's the crazy part. You threw away the pandemic cheat sheet. You don't have to go look for the answers. It is a 67 bulletin point detail on what to do starting at when it jump off the people to put the order all the way down to the military medical how to do the ppc i'm talking about you got everything Eric. laid out for you and you threw that out the window and say i want somebody to write a six page um pandemic thing and, I, and on every page i just wanted to say bleach on every page bleach Lysol. Bleach. Just keep putting disinfectants on each page. The man is small, man. And I and I think and let me tell you something. And I'ma say this. I'ma say this. He's small. The people who follow him are small. The people who are around him are small. You know what I'm saying? The biggest person the biggest person in his whole administration is Melania. <laughs> Melania try her best not to be around him. I mean, she do her best. Like, hey man, I don't want to sleep in the same room. I don't even think she been in the White House thirteen days. They, she don't show up to nothing. She don't show up to nothing. She showed up to put the tree in the ground. That's the last time we and saw immediately, her. And immediately got in the car. <laughs> and I and I think I saw smoke 
from the tires. <laughs> Somebody drive me back to wherever I was at and give me my son. His son don't want to be around it because he's just ignorant and he's small. <laughs> and and he and he show and he definitely mad that them folks said, Hey, we, we want a commencement speech for um all the high schools in the United States. You want to do something for the class of twenty twenty. Hey man, who should we get? Who should we get? We get LeBron James, get Kevin Hart, get McCauley Culkin, get um uh, get the Wolverine, get Ben Vereen, get um uh, Dan Vereen, get anybody <laughs> besides Trump. You know what I'm saying? We don't want nobody hey, what president you think we gotta do? Hey man, somebody call if Brock can't do it, somebody get Jimmy Carter on the line. <laughs> you know if Jimmy Carter can't do it, it, does anybody know what Ford is? Is Ford this man Ford did? Okay, if any, but okay, okay. Oh, somebody, no, nah, we can't get W because you know W crazy. So, uh, somebody get Barbara Bush on the line. I get Barbara Bush. They, they want anybody other than Trump. Yeah, that's wild. And, um, he, and he was, and he was, he was upset about that. I want to know. I know you're a music guy. Um, you've been keeping up with the verses. Yeah, man, I've been keeping up with the verses. Which one have you enjoyed the most so far, the verses? Um, comedically, I enjoyed Babyface and Teddy Riley. Comedically, comedically okay. <laughs> comedic. You know, you got you to gotta ask me. Comedic, and, then, and then, let me tell you, um, now, you know I enjoyed um, DJ Premier. He's from Houston. And the RZA, bong, bong. It, it was just, it was just, a lot with the RZA. I'm talking about, see, RZA was the first Teddy Riley. People don't remember that. Yeah. And then they, that, that RZA kept going out. Bung, bung. You, uh, hey, anybody, can, what, I need to put this on, take it out. Can you hear me? Bung, bung. Um, so um, Jill Scott and Erica Badu was probably the best ones thus far. Yeah. But see, if I was to put, if I, one, I would want this. This is, this is my true, this is my true feeling. I would want this on another platform that would highlight the genius of us. Because right now we driving a lot of we driving a lot of stuff to Bruh, Instagram. we are the curators. Period. Don't you know nothing and jump or pop if we don't co sign it. But but see that's the thing, KG. You don't have to convince them of that. You have to convince us. Mm. Mm. See, we we have to be we have to be convinced mm. that we are that, because see, the thing is, we keep going we keep going back to the people who um really don't respect us, and we keep see this is the thing, and this is a comment that I've made for at least fifteen years. African American people finance the success of every other ethnic group besides its own, mm. and so this is this is the th this is the thing when you constantly and consistently do that, and you allow you allow people to constantly take advantage of you and not stand up and not stand up on your side when you're on the side of right. Like, even in, even in that, you got all those millions of people watching, but those same, those same people are not moving for, against the injustice that's constantly happening to us in this country. Now we're being killed by officers and citizens. Hmm. You know what I'm and so now, now when, you, when you can move uh, uh, almost 600 million people to a site but you can't move that type of um economic shift in the country for yourself 
what I'm saying? Or that type of, uh, give yourself a, um, a, um, an advantage in education, an advantage in technology, an advantage in, in, in medicine, uh, an advantage in infrastructure. You know what I'm saying? But you can move people to entertainment, but you can't move people to a cause and to effort. And that's, that's, and, that's, and that's one of the things that you ain't got to keep, we ain't got to keep telling them how valuable we are. We got to start telling ourselves how valuable we are and the contributions of us. That's the thing. Wow. Funny man, Ali Sadiq, uh, international known comic. <laughs> Ali, give me, uh, give me your, your information for the podcast because it's, it's, uh, this show is replayed several times. So, I want someone who is uh, just waking up across the sea who follows you to refollow you, tell their friends about you. Give, give us your, your, your info, sir. Okay, my info IG is, you know, you can hit me at my name, Ali Sadiq, A-L-I-S-I-D-D-I-Q. And then don't put no A in my name. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right here. I'm not in Tony, Tony, Tony. And then I wish I... Now, let me say this before I go. I do want to see... Puffy versus anybody. Oh, in that versus, I want to see P. Diddy versus anybody. It's going to be a problem. I think that uh, that could probably stack up to him would be Dr. Dre. Man, man, no. Dre, Dre ain't got a chance. You don't think so? Dre, Dre ain't got number one sound, man. Mm. He, got one, he got one sound. You got, you got man, it's Diddy. Did, you got to think. Dre ain't got no R&B joints. Fat. What? What? No, wait. That was DJ Quick. Who? I was about to say Truth Hurts, but no, that was DJ Quick. Hey, oh. man. Dre. Oh, you, hey, oh, man. You what's that boy? Well, wait. What about Michelle? Man, that boy gonna whoop that girl with Mary J. Blige <laughs> and Total. <laughs> hey, man. For, for, for Puffet, for Puffet, they gonna have to get L.A. LA and Reed. It's gonna, have to, it's, gonna be a, it's gonna be a problem, man. It's gonna be a problem. That boy, that boy, P. Diddy, gonna gonna do it. Gonna do it something terrible, man. He got Jodeci. He got Jodeci. Mary J. Blige. Total. One twelve. Escape. Um. Um. Biggie. Man. Mate. Keith Evans. <laughs> fate. Fate. He going I'm talking. About he gonna. He got himself. He got himself. He got <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> that boy. He got everybody that was on the band. Bro, yeah, thank you so much yes, for yes, coming sir. through in clutch and just to lighten it up. You know, everything has been, you know, so serious with, you know, navigating through COVID and uh, we really wanted to switch this up. Uh, so. Thank you for man. I show I show appreciate y'all catching me at the at the garden at Houston Garden. I'm gonna give me some cow manure, but I didn't sit in this truck and I couldn't play my AC because I know that was gonna mess up the sound. <laughs> I have literally okay. Get out the get I, out the heat. You're sweating. I have literally lost four pounds just being <laughs> in this truck talking to y'all. I show appreciate them four pounds. Eight, Lee, All right, brother. I need uh I need you guys' number so I can get some more of that um what was it sea moss. How did that work for you? It was good I, because I need the potassium. I, I need that. Wait a minute, you you sell? He got CMOS? He's got a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I got uh, C- uh, I got too, CMOS. I, I got none in a minute. I, I got CMOS at the house. Um, 
If you can, you can get the raw. You can get the raw, or you can get the powder. Um, now, 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 I and whoever's powder. listening, and whoever listening, I'm not, I'm not in that business again. I'm just saying, you can get the raw, or you can get the powder. Hey, fuck, Have you, um, have you? What you ran out? Yeah, I, I took everything you gave me. So what I. What I, and I just finished. I mean, this is so good. KG thought about doing this today with you because I need to get your your cash app info so I can pay you what I owe you. But I need your guy or you to give me the hookup on have that. You, have you felt the difference? Oh, absolutely. And I tell you what I what happens is is when I don't take it, mm, you feel it. That's when I feel it because mm-hmm. it's like why am I hurting again? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. My first time taking it, it was like something electric was happening. It was like my entire system, nervous system, everything was igniting again. Yeah. Like I literally felt like a slight tingling, like electricity. But uh, Ali, we thank you. Um, thank y'all. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday and Fridays, um, the COVID Comedy Club. COVID Comedy Club on Ali. No, Ladies. no, Corona. Oh, excuse corona. me. Excuse me, boss. Corona Comedy Club. <laughs> Yeah. Man, thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah, thank y'all, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another edition of the Public Affairs Podcast. We thank you for being a part of our audience, and we'll see you next week.